The book of Numbers, chapter number six and verse number 24 is where we're gonna begin. And the Bible says this, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine brightly upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Everybody say this with me this morning. Shine brighter. Shine farther. farther. We want you to know that throughout this year, that's our theme as the Way Bible Church, shine brighter and shine farther. That's what our goal is. We put a big emphasis this year on the home front for God to do amazing things at the Way Bible Church because we truly believe this. The church that shines the brightest at home will shine the farthest abroad. And so our goal this year was to make a huge impact on Hopkins County, Northeast Texas, and this whole region. And God's doing great and mighty things. And I'm excited to see where God's got us going the second half of the year because we're halfway through shine brighter and shine farther. And if we're ever going to fulfill shine brighter and shine farther, it is only going to be because the blessing of the Lord rests on our life. Amen. So everybody say, I am blessed. I am loved because God is my savior. Listen, if you're going to walk in the blessing of the Lord, you're going to have to realize that you're going to have to get into the presence of God. You're going to have to step into the power of God, and you're going to have to let God do mighty things in your life. And now we just read that God said, I will bless you. And you know, we also read Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three, and this is our New Testament scripture we go on. It says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, that means it took place when Jesus Christ was resurrected, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Well, many people read that verse and say, well, I guess that means when I get to heaven one day. I guess, pastor, if the blessings are in heavenly places, I'm gonna suffer through this world right here where we're at until one day I cross that proverbial river Jordan in the great by and by, and I can walk in the blessing of God. Well, what are the blessings of God, what do they benefit up in heaven? Have you ever wondered that? If all your blessings are waiting on you when you get there, well, how are we supposed to be empowered to do the work of God down here? See, the problem is many people think the blessing of God is only when you get to heaven, but the fact of the matter is the blessing of God is accessible to you right now. Well, you say, Pastor, how is that possible? Because it said the blessing of God is in heavenly places. Well, read the next verse or the next chapter in chapter two, verse five. It says, when you were dead in your trespasses, Christ made us alive together in him. By grace, you have been saved and raised up and seated with him in heavenly places. Well, now, if you're currently seated with Christ in heavenly places right now, some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'm in the Way Bible Church, Sulphur Springs, Texas, Sunday morning. This is anything but heaven to me. Well, can I tell you, you need to have a perspective change. The Bible just said that you've been seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places to do the work of God. Now, I want us to focus on the last part of this verse in number seven. It says, you have been seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus Now listen to this, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and his kindness to us who believe in Christ. Well, if he's going to show his immeasurable riches and his immeasurable grace to us who believe, it's going to take place when you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And if you're currently seated with Christ in heavenly places, you have access to the blessing of God. Many of you, you you, you have access to me right now because you're in the same vicinity that I am. But when we leave here and we go our separate ways and I'm eating dinner over here and you're eating dinner over there, the accessibility to me becomes very limited. But when you are in Christ Jesus and you're seated in heavenly places, you're not seated here, you're seated up here, and the blessing of God is up here. Whenever you are lacking in any area of your life, all you gotta do is reach over and grab some blessing. Now many of us, we reach over and grab everything but the blessing. 
we reach over and we try to grab a, a prescription or we try to grab a, 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 a somebody else's report or we try to grab what somebody else has said, why don't we just start grabbing hold of the blessing? And in grabbing hold of the blessing, God says he's going to show his immeasurable kindness towards us who believe. So as we finish up this blessing series next week, I want us to focus on today the fifth part of the blessing series. Now, God said blessed the very first time in Genesis chapter number one, verse 22. And he said, God blessed them saying. And he specified what he was talking about in Genesis chapter number one, verse number 28. He blessed them and said to them five things, be fruitful to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, and have dominion over it. And today we're gonna talk about have dominion over it. Now the first one we talked about was be fruitful, which means be productive, to multiply. That means God doesn't just want you in one singular place. He wants to multiply the God in you so you can go out into a lost and dying world. To fill the earth, what are we filling the earth with? We're carriers of God's glory. We're carriers of God's anointing. So that's what we're filling the earth with, God's anointing and his glory. And then it said to subdue it, and we talked about, that, talked about that last week, which means taking control of your life. You are the power player in your life. And so when you begin to take control of your life, this is where it gets us to where we're at this morning. It talks about to have dominion over it, or dominion means to rule over the earth. Now, if it says to rule over the earth, that means somebody has been placed with a certain level of responsibility. The title of this morning's message is called The Buck. The Buck, and that's short for The Buck Stops Here. Have y'all ever heard that phrase before? What does that phrase mean? It means this point right here is the be all, the end all. This is where it stops at the Way Bible Church. When things get crazy or hairy, the buck always stops with me. You know, if somebody gets mad at so-and-so and they're a volunteer, well, then they go to the person over the volunteer and then they go to the person in charge of that person and they go to the associate pastor. But by and large, in the very end, it's gonna stop when it hits my desk because God has given me responsibility of leading the Way Bible Church. So the buck stops here. In your life, God has given you the ability to rule, and the Bible talks about it right here, and it says to have dominion, which means you have been given the authority to rule, which means you are responsible for something. You being responsible for something, you're going to figure out what that is here in the next little bit. If you are being responsible for something, I want to encourage you with this phrase, welcome to upper level management. Welcome to upper level management. Well, in God's all sufficient grace, he wants you to be responsible with his grace. Amen. So there's always responsibility that takes place. And so I want to say, number one, welcome to upper level management because we're not seated here in this earth. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and that's a upper level. Amen. Would you agree with that this morning? And so when you're in upper level management this morning, and also if you get moved to a place of upper level management, guess where the buck stops? With you. The buck stops with you when you're in upper level management. How many of y'all have ever been put in a position where you were over somebody, whether it be a volunteer or whether it be uh, in a job or in a profession or you're currently over somebody right now, have you ever had to, to, to be responsible for somebody else's action? And if you're a parent, go ahead and just raise both hands and a foot because you've been responsible for somebody else's action. If we're gonna go through this whole series and this whole series has been based on three key points and we need to remember those three key points, the first point is this, the blessing of God is not things. The blessing of God is what God has said. And if the blessing of God is what God has said, and you are in upper level management, everybody say, I'm a manager. I'm a manager. That means you're taking responsibility and the buck stops with you. You are responsible for what God has said about you in your life. And if you are now responsible for the words God has said about you, the words God has spoken over you, I got a question. Why are so many people in upper level, manager, upper level management arguing with the owner? 
See, God owns it all. We're in upper level management. We're just stewards of what he's called us to do and who he's called us to do it over and be with. And so if God is in the owner and we're in upper level management, why are so many upper level managers arguing with God? And what do I mean by that? Jeff, God said you're an overcomer. And you go home and, oh my God, I'm just so defeated today. You have no idea what the church people are like. Oh my gosh. But if Jeff always goes around saying how defeated he is, when God said, Jeff, you're an overcomer, why is Jeff upper level management arguing with what the owner said? See, upper level management is not in control of what the owner says. He just facilitates what the owner says. He just goes out and does what the owner says and does it with responsibility. So even if Jeff leaves here feeling defeated one day, the word of God said he's an overcomer. And if God said you're an overcomer, if the owner said you're an overcomer, you don't got to worry about how you feel because what he said trumps all. Now, if you're going to be in upper level management, the first thing you got to take responsibility over is your own life. Before you can be entrusted with the life of somebody else, you need to start taking responsibility over with what God has said about you. Now, if God has said something about you through the scriptures or even through a rhema word from God that you receive, now a rhema word from God is a word that God speaks to you specifically into your heart and you know it's God, but it is confirmed through God's word because they'll never contradict this. This will stand forever, the Bible says. Heaven and earth will pass away, the word will stand forever. And so when God speaks to you and gives you a word and says, you are the head and not the tail, why are so many people running around smelling like the tail and not living victorious like the head? How many of you, you could be one of these, or how many of you know of a person who says they're a believer, but they always say something contrary to the word of God? Oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm so blessed today. And a Christian says, you better knock on wood. So you praise God, I'm not sick today. Oh, you better watch out. Something's finna get you. Have you heard those things before? Now, let me ask you, as a person in upper-level management... If you were running a business and you were running the whole show and the owner overheard you directly contradicting words that he has said, you as the owner, how would that make you feel? I'd be firing folks. I'm just honest, I'll fire folks. And I'm being ugly with that, but you cannot be always contradicting what the owner says. I have fallen in love with this show and yes, it's on the Food Network, but hold on. And on this show, it's called Restaurant Impossible. Have y'all seen it? See, I'm not alone here. Some of y'all have watched this show. And these restaurant owners are failing in what they do. Man, they got this restaurant, they got facilities, but they're failing. I mean, many of these are failing miserably. And so they hire a guy to come in and critique every area of the restaurant to make it successful. If God were to come in and overhear your conversation to your wife or your husband, or overhear your conversation to your kids, would you be willing to let God come in and correct you and get you to a place to have a successful marriage. Oh, we say amen in church, but when God does it at the house, it's get thee behind me, Satan. In your life, if we constantly argue with what God has said about us, how are we ever gonna accomplish the things God told us to do? Now, you as a parent in the room, have you ever had an argument with your kid? I find myself struggling in a lot of areas because I'm arguing with a two-year-old. Aaron, go do this. No, daddy. Did he just tell me no? Surely I misunderstood. Aaron, uh, it's not even a no the second time. It's uh, Aaron, get over here now. Mm. I'm telling you, where does he get that from? <laughs> Gotta be on his mother's side somewhere. I'm telling you. But many times if you look at that in the context, how many times is God trying to get us to the place where he's called us to be? But we have dug our heels in the ground and said, no, 
No, God, I'm not going to let that happen. We all recall the account in the Bible. It's in the Gospel of Matthew where the owner was going on a journey and he called three people to him. And to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, and to one he gave one talent. And the first words of that scripture are this. He called them to him and he entrusted to each of them according to their ability. Now, when you entrust something to somebody, you obviously give them a possession, a physical thing, but what you do is you do it with instruction. Now, when God began to instruct what he told us to do, he didn't just give us everything physically that we needed because the first thing God wants to entrust himself to you with is his word. And so when God comes to you and he begins to work in your life, many of you are wanting a million dollar check when God says, when you'll be faithful with my word, I can bring the product like we talked about last week. So the first thing God's gonna entrust you with is his word. If we cannot rightly handle the word of God, how are we gonna handle anything else that he gives us? If we cannot rightly handle the scripture, if we cannot rightly talk what God said about us to ourselves, how can we correctly or ask God to do anything else for us? And so if we are gonna walk in the blessing of God, this is how we do it. It is not about things, but it's what God has said. What God has said is that I have made you a manager over my word and over everything that it contains. Now I wanna ask you, how have you been managing God's word in your house? How have you been managing God's word in your quiet time? Couples that come to me with marriage trouble, I always ask them this, how are both of your quiet times individually and your quiet times as a family? Um, yeah, let's work on that, that's the first step. Here's why, if God cannot entrust us with his word, why would he entrust us with anything and everything with his glory and everything it contains? So when you come up with a challenge in your life, it's a challenge of the word of God. Am I gonna stay true to the word of God or am I gonna fall into what the world says? Am I gonna stay true to the word of God or am I gonna find myself doing what the world wants me to do? Am I gonna stay true to the word of God and what God has said or am I gonna quit, hang it up and go another direction? The second point we always go by in this series is this. It's, it is not a license to live recklessly but it's a lifestyle of discipline. If you're gonna have the blessing of God in your life, it's not a lifestyle to live recklessly, it is a lifestyle of discipline. Now listen, on that, parable, on that story I was just telling about, where the man had five talents and the one had two talents and the one had one talent, we all know that story, we've heard it several times. There was a guy who came with five talents and he came to the manager or the owner and said, look, I've gotten your five, but hey, I've made you five more. And the word of God says, well done, good and faithful servant, come join in your master's happiness. The man with two talents comes back and gives the two talents back. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come join in your master's happiness. The man with one talent comes back and said, here's what's yours. And the master looked at him and said, wicked and lazy servant. See, many of us, we live recklessly with the blessing in two different ways. We don't do all we can do with what we've been given. And then we don't do what we should do with what we've been given. Many of you, we fall into this first category. We don't do all we should do. God gives you a blessing and you just do whatever you want to with it and we don't do all we should do. How many of y'all have ever prayed for more time? God, there's not enough time in the week. That is a prayer God will never answer because there's only 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. The seasons are the same. He says, as long as the earth endures, you're gonna have hot and cold, summer, wind, winter, all these things, they'll never cease. So if you're praying, God, give me more time, you're praying a prayer that'll never be answered. But here's what you're meaning. God make more time in my schedule, so why? And many of you quote it really good, so I can do what you want me to do, oh God. We think if we tell God what he wants to hear, he'll bring us what we wanna have. So I can do what you've called me to do, oh God. 
And so you end up getting an extra hour of free time. A, a counseling appointment cancels or a meeting changes or, or a ball practice got canceled because of the rain. And when you got that extra hour and a half or two hours time, what do you do with that time? Many of us go home, sit on the couch, watch television, and we got what we asked for in the area of time. But were we good stewards of what God has given us? Why did you want more time? To do what God would have me do. Well, what would God have you do? Oh, God, I would just love more time to read and study. But the minute you get free time, you don't read and you don't study. So we're not doing what we should do when the blessing comes on us, and therefore we're handling it recklessly. But also, are you doing all that you could do with the blessing of God on your life? And I'm talking about your talents, your skills, and your abilities. What can you do in the kingdom's sake with your talents, your skills, and your abilities? I don't know what every one of you does as a profession, but I do know this. 90% of the people in this room are on Facebook. And so that means you know somewhat of how to work a computer at least some of the time to at least click a button or something like that. Well, how many of you have ever thought of the idea with your limited computer skills, talents, and abilities that you have since we're always on Facebook, it's on our phone, and it's on everywhere else, using your abilities as a computer user for the kingdom's sake. Well, how would I do that? Well, you have a Bible, open it up, find a favorite scripture, read it, type it, send. How hard is that? And I'm not even saying send it to Facebook. I'm saying send it to your spouse. I'm saying text it to your kids. I'm saying why don't we start taking care of what God's given us as a family before we start trying to preach to the world? Why don't we start taking care of the household of God before we try and start taking care of everything else to look good? Why don't we start being successful with the skills, talents, and abilities that God's given us and start emailing people in the church scriptures? What if, by some crazy stretch of the imagination, you were able to get an email from God himself? Have you ever thought about that? What if you opened up your computer and the subject said, you are blessed, and the sender said, God? Have you ever thought of that? And the sender said, God, what would you do? But listen, what do we learn? You are carriers of his glory, you're carriers of his anointing. So you don't have to say it's sent by God. You can say it's sent by you, but send it to somebody because God encouraged you to. See, you got talent, skills, and abilities that you'll use to vent all over Facebook that what if we just flipped it around a little bit? How dramatically could we change the body of Christ? How dramatically could we change the brotherhood of believers right here in this church where if you just started getting random emails from people in the church that were just plain scripture, not anything else. You don't have to try and elaborate on God's word. You don't try to have to try to expound on God's word. You don't have to get a doctorate degree in seminary to send a scripture. But what if by chance your talent, skills, and ability, you just started applying to the kingdom rather than applying to your own desires? See, some of you in your life, you've been given what you've been asking for. It's just you've been using it recklessly so it hasn't multiplied. You've been using it wrongly so it hadn't been blessed with the power of God on it. What I want to challenge you to do is because the buck stops with you, because you are in upper level management, it's your job to start facilitating what God's given you. It's your job to start using what God has given you. It's your job to start encouraging the body of Christ in everything God told you to do. Now, when you get to heaven one day and you're standing before God, and God begins to talk to you and say, hey, remember that sermon that your pastor preached? It was an outstanding sermon, but you really didn't like it. And some of y'all are looking like you really don't like this message, so. It was an outstanding sermon, but you really didn't like it, but remember what he said? Now, I gave you all this time, this talent, this skill, and this ability, and I wanted you to use it for this, but instead, you talk bad about this person on Facebook, or you tweeted this about the football star who fell into whatever, or you tweeted that, or you linked in this, or there's so many social networks out there, you Pinterested this. What about 
doing something for the kingdom's sake. Now, I want to see how many people take me up on this challenge. No, just email me all week, okay? I get plenty of emails. <laughs> They're not all encouraging, but I get plenty of emails to respond to. What if you went down your Facebook friends list and private messaged 10 people a day? Just 10 people for the next five days. That's 50 people all week long. And listen, here's, here's a key of how to do it really quick and really simple. You do one, type love so-and-so. Before you hit send, you copy it. Then you hit send, then you click on your next friend and you paste it. And then you hit send and you click on your next friend and you hit paste it. And you hit send, and I promise you can witness to 10 people in less than one minute and God's gonna say, oh, they're starting to steward. They're starting to manage right. They're starting to do stuff right. They're starting to change some things. They're starting to apply the scripture. They're starting to act on the blessing so now I can make a way to bless them more. See, a lot of people live in this perverted, blessed lifestyle that they give to get rather than give to bless. We live in this perverted lifestyle of blessing where we give to get and we don't give to bless. I wanna change your mindset this morning. You'll never receive anything back from this person you email. You'll never receive a thank you. You'll never receive, oh, that was so awesome. It touched my life. You'll never receive, oh, I got born again. You'll never receive anything back. I mean, more than likely you will. But if you never did, would you still send it? Start doing it to bless so God can open up the avenue of the blessing. Start doing it just because, because you're supposed to. Start doing it just because, because Jesus didn't really have a need to stop and raise the widow's son from the dead, but he did it anyway. There was nothing she could do to repay him, but he did it anyway. Jesus didn't have a reason to stop with the lady with the issue of blood and say, sister, your sins are forgiven, you're made whole, rise up and walk and all this stuff, but he did it anyway because there's nothing we could do to pay him back. Listen, there's nothing we can do enough to pay Jesus back for dying on the cross, but he died anyway. So you in the blessing, you walking in the power of God, this is where you begin to operate in upper level management. There's nothing anybody can do to bless you back, but we don't look at our blessing from people. God is the one who blesses. I just want you to start being faithful with what he's given you. The final thing that we always talk about in this, throughout this series is this. It's not something that magically appears, but it's something that enables and empowers you to do. Now, in this parable that we've been talking about with the man of the talents, the final verse of scripture says, so take the talent from him who has 10 talents and give it to him, for everyone who has more will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Well, pastor, aren't we supposed to give to the poor and the needy and everything else? Yeah, you are. When you're faithful to do with what God told you to do, it empowers you to do more. See, the blessing of God is not something that magically appears. The blessing of God is a principle-driven system that you need to begin to apply to your life in every area. The blessing of God is when you begin to do more, God gives you some, and then he gives you the unfaithful people's stuff. Now, some of y'all are thinking, I don't know if I got that much time. If you become faithful in your business and dedicated to God, God's gonna give you the people's business who are unfaithful. And some of you are in a company that's growing and it's thriving and it's doing great. Well, stay faithful to God in what you do there. Stay faithful to God in that and watch how God can continue to bless. Now listen to this verse in 1 Corinthians because this is an outstanding verse. And it says, let a person regard us in this manner. This is talking about the lost world. Let them regard us in this manner. First of all, as servants of Christ. Second, as stewards. You can change that word to managers as stewards of the mysteries of God, in this case, it is required of stewards or managers that one be found trustworthy. That one be found trustworthy. Now, if I were to come to you today and say, would you, on a scale of one to 10, rate your trustworthiness of the things God has given you, where would you rate yourself? I don't wanna know your answer. Don't start raising your hands and say, I would do this. Where would you begin to rate yourself on, have you been trustworthy? 
with the things of God? Where would you begin to put your number? If 10 is the greatest and one is where you're failing miserably, what number would you give yourself? I'm not gonna ask you to change your world overnight. I'm gonna ask you to increase it by one, one digit. If you gave yourself a five, this, this week make it a point to make it a six. This week, if you were at a two, make it a three. If you were at a one, praise God, it's easy to start getting to a two. If you're at a nine, I wanna challenge you to make it a 10. I wanna challenge you in the area of stewardship and trustworthiness. Because this morning, in the church, by and large, God wants to do a miraculous, mighty movement. He's just looking for trustworthy people to entrust it to. God wants to do something amazing in your life. He's just looking for trustworthy people that he can drop it on. He wants to change families and the dynamics of families throughout this region so drastically, he's just looking for a couple families that will rise up and be stewards of the mysteries of God. You wanna know what the greatest mystery of God is in the world today? It's how people can live in the most ungodly time in recorded history but still be godly. That's a mystery. Can God trust you with his glory and his anointing? You're carriers of both, and that's what he's talking about. Because he can show your family how to live a godly family lifestyle in an ungodly, lost and dying world in such a way that people look at it as a mystery. This morning, where's your trustworthiness? Can God entrust you with the mysteries of heaven? Jesus Christ truly is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, just as Damon said. And Christ wants to do a work even in our lives here this morning. But this morning... Where do you rate yourself? And then ask God, God help me this week to increase it by one. Just by one. See what God can begin to do in your life.